0: welcome back to black couch reviews i'm your host christina we are back for another episode of lord of the rings the rings of power written by jennifer hutchinson directed by j.a bayona is it bayona i think i got that correct uh, this is the second of the two-part premiere adrift that debuted september the first of 2022 I am a few episodes behind, but fear not. I shall eventually catch up. I really enjoyed this episode. I gave it an 8.7 out of 10. I am loving the visualization. They definitely put a lot of money in the cinematography and it shows and it's beautiful. And I continue to lap it up because I'm all about the visual porn. And they are serving that up very well. The directing is also extremely strong in these last two episodes. The way they mingle shots, like the beginning shot of uh, the the girls, the Harfoots moving away in the night, and then it's transitioned over to the destruction of the town where. Uh, Brown is an deer, I believe I'm gonna have to find names for them eventually I will find them but everybody has a lot of syllables in their name that is very hard to to recall I'm pretty sure I'll be an expert who who, who am I lying to by the end of the season but I will do I will do my best has this been renewed for a second season yet? I would think so, uh, but I did hear that the critic reviews are put on pause. But I am—I'm not clear if we've gotten the go-ahead for a second season. So fingers crossed, because this is a this is a huge commitment, and I can understand you know seeing how it actually pans all the way through we are going to go storyline by storyline instead of scene by scene because that keeps things a lot more collected and organized in my mind we're going to go with Galadriel first because while things happen it didn't really happen we spent most of the episode on the water but for i think that's rather ambitious that a lot of these things were happening on the open sea and they had to film it as such even though i did chuckle i don't care if you're an elf or not nobody just goes swimming in the ocean baby shark find out there's like prehistoric fucking worms in there you got life fucked up if that's the worms i can't imagine what the sharks are doing okay nah nah need to have a backup plan something anything she's just like i'm gonna swim because i have that much stamina do they not get i know they're magical creatures so there's probably a lot of things that i don't know and i will jump on some podcasts eventually i'm behind but i'm trying to catch up because I need to know these questions I cannot answer them for you (laughs) I'm learning so if you're like me we're on this journey together but she comes upon a raft of a group of human survivors there's a debate on whether or not they're going to bring her aboard the woman is of course like yeah female solidarity i can't leave her out here whereas the men are thinking of their very small rations and how much they can't really afford to have another passenger on board it's our first introduction to Hallbrand from the southlands we later find out now the southlands is not where arendale i cannot get his name to save my life errandir is that where he is at but i don't recall that being because i feel like southland would be something i would recall so i'm kind of thinking no <laughs> wait it is by the southlands it is i'm i'm wrong i just it, i saw it up here in my notes so it was the southlands and he must have survived that particular attack good okay that connects the story arcs he uh brings her house on board once the woman wins the argument because she just pushes the other man out of the way and apparently we are in a time line in which women are backhanded for such disobedience (laughs) Uh, she immediately because she's tired as hell so that tells me something falls down they're still bickering they ask where she comes from she's like oh uh well she tries not to lie and she didn't she's like uh from a boat oh was it attacked by the worm nope nope and also what worm they see another boat coming after a brief argument breaks out once it's discovered that galadriel is an elf That's got to be racist. Except it's not the ship. It's their ship. (laughs) The one that was wrecked. Still on the back of the worm. That's fucking huge. They say to be quiet. I love the overshot. Of seeing how huge the creature was. As it. As it swam beneath them. But unfortunately. Dumbass thought oh we'll not wait until it's some miles away i need you off the boat right now because i was your hero and now i think you brought this curse directly to us and she pushed her off just pushed her off she's like it's all good because i see exactly where this storyline is about to end and it's about to be in your deaths because karma is an instant motherfucker and she swims her ass away doesn't even make her way back to the ship and halbron disconnects part of the ship so that he can get away while the worm takes apart the rest of the survivors i i really would not be a fan of being in the time of sea monsters because that's that's one of my fears (laughs) i do not want to be in the ocean for any reason ladrill once again all alone in the ocean by her choice is luckily come upon by Halbrand, who doesn't have such a hatred towards elves and welcomes her aboard she wonders what kind of human he is that he would abandon his friends and he's like girl i can use common sense and all of us was not gonna make it They're a little hostile towards each other, but mostly because they want to know what each other's story is. Galadriel eventually reveals that she could have chosen paradise, but she, she has committed herself to the enemy that she wants to take out. He reveals that he's from the Southlands and that his, that basically he lost everything recently and she says i know something about that pain and it's very clear that vengeance is what triggers her she is deeply angry she is deeply affected and she means to by her death avenge all that she uh and everyone that she has lost and that sits in her and he calls her out on it saying this isn't a noble cause this is uh you know a personal vendetta and she doesn't not acknowledge that but she also wants to know about where he comes from if his king may assist to stamp out this type of uh threat because she mentions or he mentions that orcs attacked this is exactly the kind of news that convinces her in that moment. Oh, I knew it. I don't know what that means around his neck pouch. I'm guessing it's important. But the two very quickly realize that they are not out of danger completely and that the best thing they need to find is a shoreline. They prepare for a hell of a storm. I was wondering what she was doing with that rope and considering how small that raft was it is a mercy that they even survive the storm that they go into she ends up falling once again into the water and Halbrin shows a great deal about his character as he could have very easily rolled away as we saw with those strangers instead upon the very small interaction he feels a connection to galadriel because they are bound by a similar type of emotion so he ends up saving her life and then the last we see of them is her waking with the ship approaching and someone looking down let's move over to the nori and poppy story arc poppy is still not about that life of helping this stranger that i assume was sauron but after this episode i'm just gonna go and put out on a bet that it's gandalf the hair the way he's in the gray type of cloak him speaking to the fireflies we saw gandalf capture in in lord of the rings a bug and whisper to it the way it controls the trees whereas sauron chopped the trees down he feels like an ally and not a villain now of course they could always change this up on us but i do feel that whatever is happening right now with the villain it's already in motion someone's controlling the orcs and if he just fell out of the sky where it can't be him but he could be someone that is brought into the world to help defeat this evil but he is unfortunately amongst the hair who cannot understand him and i'm pretty sure humans wouldn't either nori and poppy take him in a wheelbarrow away after uh what's his name i always forget uh the black dude's name <laughs> <laughs> but he's talking to the village gossips. and He's basically telling them, "And you need to mind your damn business, bitch." Sadik, that's his name. It was giving. He was giving them all types of stank faces. <laughs> I was laughing and laughing. Uh, so they steal the lanterns. They get him to a place to to hide. Poppy wants to know why, he's, why she's doing this. There could be very serious consequences for her actions. But she feels in this moment as if this is something she was meant to do. At all the places he came here. She's a little bored. I think she's searching for adventure. She would like adventure to happen. And now that it has landed in her lap, she feels as if this is fated. However, I don't think she's thinking too hard on the consequences, but she's just a sweet, helping, loving person. It feels like the Harfoot's are rather, you know, simple people, so to speak. The next morning, she goes to bring him some food. He uses his magic to uh get some wind blowing and some trees giving her the evil glare but she's like you remember me from last night i love the close-up of the eyes because he is finding that recognition and then he backs off she said if you don't hurt me then i will help you how about that (laughs) she introduces herself as nori i love the little hand gestures he cannot tell anyone who his name is because he cannot use uh real words English motherfucker do you speak it he's trying to stick figure this shit then she teaches him how to eat the snails by taking the snail out and that was so disgusting but he said fuck that I'm gonna eat the whole damn thing shell and all that is fucking disgusting back in the village uh they need help assisting with the tent nori's father goes to assist i love the back and forth as uh it almost seems in that moment of him insisting like this is who i am but it looks like he was drawing a constellation this entire time uh that's when her father's foot unfortunately twists poppy comes and finds her lets her know what happened uh she then feels a whole bunch of guilt like i should have been here to help they were looking for nori but she disappears as she has a tendency to do is my guess the parents are lenient on her, her father saying this isn't your fault but you're here now just go get the necessary things to help the village however sadik in particular is concerned if he's going to be able to travel because they are leaving in a few days to continue on as many nomads typically do because they seem to be hunter-gatherers they they move to one place where it's warmest and this could be a huge problem uh, for the family going further if they are not able to travel and then i'm not sure is there consequences for that do they get left behind that'd be fucked up but it does seem to be enough to be concerning to not only the parents but nori herself she later goes back to find the stranger with poppy she's like this is a friend like yeah the first time he's ready to take her out get back motherfucker you don't know me like that get back motherfucker you don't- nori tearfully explains that she wanted to help but now her father's jacked up and she can't help him he uh is fascinated by the fireflies in their lamps and they respond by breaking free he's able to use the fireflies and speak to them because he can speak the 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 language of nature and they show a constellation of stars that nori does not recognize but realizes that this is what he is searching for unfortunately after the fireflies are utilized they die and i don't know why y'all was looking that damn devastated it's a life cycle i would think out of everyone you guys would be a little bit more understanding of that being of the hair variety i think that is pretty much all that happens in this episode in regards to the the harfoots is it Harefoots or harfoots one end or the other aaron dear investigates the tunnels once he and brown go through the burnt out village he's like this is what i do woman i gotta investigate even if it means my life <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about what was supposed to be happening when he grabbed her to go like if you were not gonna kiss her why you cock teasing so he goes down in the tunnels and it looks like he's captured brown gets back to her village and she tells them hey something happened i don't know what attacked that village but all the villagers are gone we learned that the that the elves have also abandoned their post which is interesting i don't feel did i feel like they we knew they were leaving i think so yeah because he says we're going uh tear her head is that his name uh mr cynical (laughs) let's just call him that apparently he's the village head he says look i'm happy that the elves are gone maybe you're not because you have the soft spot for them but unless i get some proof i'm not about to just uproot everybody to get the fuck up out of the village because something might be attacking and while i do understand his need for proof like nobody wants to just listen to one person and create uh hysteria you could at least dispatch a few of your brethren to go check it the fuck out (laughs) she gets back home her son who's been left 24 hours unattended you would think she would stop there first just to make sure you ate. Right? need something to eat he uh thinks there's a rat that's that fucking loud underneath his floorboards and he mentioned that in the first episode but no it's a fucking orc she gets home he's hiding in a small ass cupboard she realizing what's up hides in one too because ain't neither one of them got the skill to fight an orc or so we thought because when it comes to a mama protecting her cub she going to find that strength even though that cub was getting beat the shit out of and i rather enjoyed it i don't know what it is about this kid in his face but i want to punch him in it I, don't, I didn't make the rules they just are <laughs> maybe cuz he always just has a pissy face on his he always just looks pissy so she is able to kill it and she slaps it down is this proof enough for you whoever wants to leave town in the morning you know where i'll be (music) lastly let's talk about elrond and oh man sella brimbor why 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 smithy c that's gonna be his new name they are travel to gil Gilga, Gilgalad. <laughs> they are well he is reminiscing about how he's accomplished so much but not nearly enough and now plans to build a new forge that looks very much like the one that Sauron was hanging out at and i think that's where this is where the rings are constructed right i remember that much i think i got that right so wow didn't know that the elves created it or maybe they mentioned it in the original series and that part didn't ever stick to me so and i didn't ever read the book so it could have just been known so they're planning on he's planning on building this he was denied any assistance from the king however he did send them Elrond because he knows Elrond can help him seek a a workforce because it's gonna take because he needs it done in a very limited amount of time and he says it's going to take thousands hundreds of thousands of people to get it done in that time Elrond goes to uh, where the dwarves are at in kazakh doom because he is a friend of prince durin he tells about he tells uh smithy c about how he's gonna welcome him with a banquet how they're gonna roll out the red carpet i'm gonna be this honored guest we're the best of pals and he show up at the door he's like tell him i'm here bye felicia he's like i'm sorry i think you didn't hear my name no we heard it we heard it quite right. <laughs> you are not allowed to be uh brought into the premises. So he uh invokes the right of something in which I did not catch. But it's a challenge to Prince Duran himself. He says, "Smithy, see, I will find you in a few days. You are an expert at what you do. Let me be an expert at what I do." This is Arwen's father right the actors i know i have cannot associate the actors but they look so different so very and i really wasn't sure if i was gonna like them i liked him better this episode <laughs> it's still to be determined if i'm going to really like him but i certainly had a better impression the second episode that i did the first the first it was not great so elron has this uh rock showdown with prince durin and if he wins he gets a boon but if he loses he is banished from the elven uh, realms or dwarven realms forever and upon this challenge that he know his ass can't win because this is what they do so he asked kindly can you at least escort me to the door on the elevator up it's clear that that Elrond has affronted him in some manner and Elrond doesn't understand what he did and then he has to break it down for him I got married I had kids you didn't show up for my wedding and you are supposed to be my BFF bitch it's been 20 years maybe that's not a lot of time for elves but it is in a dwarf's life and I've lived a life and you ain't been a part of that for 20 years and then you show up out of the blue and i'm supposed to just welcome you you've heard me i be feeling some type of way too elron i mean i felt like his apology could have been a little bit more <laughs> prostrating <laughs> no prostrating is that the correct term But he says, I'm sorry, I owe an apology to your children and your family. Let me have a reason to go into your home and uh, charm your wife and meet your family. Because that is ultimately what you really wanted. You didn't want to discuss some plan. Like you showed up when you wanted something. That is like hella disrespectful. Elrond meets his wife, Tisa and their two children who are put to bed she invites him to dinner <laughs> over her husband's uh, objection she even hugged him warmed uh, you know gave him a warm welcome he sees that his friend Durin did plant the seeds from the gardens that apparently are part of the elf culture Everyone laughed at Duran saying nothing will grow in the darkness, but he says something about love. It's very flowery. The two men basically are told by Disa to squash their bullshit because they clearly love each other. You hurt him. He's sorry. Let's put it past us. Also, what you need? <laughs> it's like, let me hear this proposal to see if it's good enough to bring it to my father and he does bring it to his father which we see at the end however his father is suspicious that Elrond has showed up because he suspects something of what the doors are doing but Durin says not only is he my friend but he doesn't suspect anything but his father retorts that maybe he does now but uh we don't know what they are talking about as they open a chest and all we see is a bright light so what are they up to i don't know disa talks about how she sings to the rocks to know which rocks to to do this that and the other and not fuck with which means i'm gonna have to hear a song at some point as stated a really good episode and i am intrigued to see the next one If you want to send feedback on our next episode, blackercouch at gmail.com where you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, blacker magic.